This is the Crescent Project, bringing you powerful teaching, testimony, and truth about God's miraculous movement in the Muslim world and how we as Christians can join Him in His kingdom work. I'm Matt Bonner, and I serve as the Communications Director for Crescent Project, a national Christian ministry focused on equipping the church to share the gospel with Muslims. You can find us online at crescentproject.org. Send us your feedback or questions to be answered on the program via email to radio at crescentproject.org. Greetings and welcome to Crescent Project Radio. Before we get started today, I want to make a quick plug for our upcoming Oasis Conference 2015. For the first time, Crescent Project will be offering our uh, annual equipping conference in two locations, one in the, on the West Coast and one on the East Coast, and they're in October and November as we want to help uh, get the word out about that. This is our three-day workshop-driven conference where you can come and be equipped to reach Muslims with the gospel. Whether you're just starting out or whether you've been reaching Muslims for a long time, this is a wonderful equipping conference for you with 30 workshops or so to choose from. The theme this year is From Jihad to Jesus, Overcoming Evil in the Face of Rising Islam. And we want to send you to our website to check that out. Crescentproject.org forward slash Oasis is where you can learn about that conference. We'd love to have you join us. Again, it's Crescentproject.org forward slash Oasis. We'd love to see you there. Well, we're back today uh, continuing our conversation with Keisha. We uh, were talking with her about her experience in Africa as a missionary. And this story is really one about redemption and the way that, that God uses redemption in our lives to redeem uh, terrible experiences, things that happen, bad things that happen, and the way that he redeems it in our life. And we were talking about that, and, and just a real brief recap for those who um, uh, may not have uh, caught the first segment. But uh, Keisha has been a long-term missionary over in Africa in six different countries for the last nine years, and she had served as a labor and delivery nurse and uh, had a, a traumatic experience uh, serving over there uh, in, in uh, December of 2013. She was sexually assaulted. Actually, it was a rape, and uh, it was just a traumatic experience, and she came back home on a planned visit and then later found out that she was pregnant and ended up having the baby and went through a, just a, an amazingly um, challenging time, you know, trying to figure all that out. And so that's where we left off when we were talking with Keisha. So, Keisha, thanks so much for coming back on, on with the program with us. Yes, I'm glad to be back again today. Thanks. Well, we're, we're grateful for your sharing and willing to share this this experience. It's, it's so uh, such a traumatic one, and and I just amazed at how uh, freely you're willing to share and talk about this. And we'll and we'll talk more about that in a little while. But where we left off, we were wanting to, uh, or I was wanted to ask you um, about your son. We had just talked about the fact that you had decided to go through with the pregnancy and to not uh, not do adoption, but to go ahead and have the have the baby and. Uh, yeah. Wanted to just ask you if you could tell us a little bit about your son and uh, and how old is he now and just tell us a little about him. Sure. Well, he actually will turn uh, ten months old this week tomorrow, and uh, so he's he's growing rapidly, changing as any parent knows. <laughs> um, and he just has truly been a gift from God, which is what the meaning of his name is. Um, speaking of his name, I think that's what catches people off. He's got a, a he's got five names, so. Um, I was really committed um, to doing things in a sense the African way. Um, they've just really taught me that the meaning of a name means everything and not whether or not you like the the sound or the spelling of a name, mm-hmm. which is kind of my heritage here from the States. And so 
I didn't know if it was a boy or a girl until the time of birth, and then I had a little boy, and I took four days after his birth just seeking and praying to the Lord, what is this little guy's purpose in life? Mm. So Hans um, is Hebrew as well as German, and it means gift from God, which obviously coming out of rape, I mean, he's a gift from God that God just gave me. Mm. Um, David came out of a little struggle between the Lord and myself. Um, I was listening to a Casting Crown song, um, Will You Dream For Me, I believe is the name of it. And through that, it's just talking of how if we allow God to dream for ourselves, a little guy like David from the Bible who may have dreamed of being a big shepherd boy can actually then, through the Lord's dreams, become a king or the ruler of a nation or um, just a, a lion defender or so forth. And so I just foresaw my own son someday um, allowing God to dream for him and becoming bigger than what I as a parent would dream for him. Mm. Again, uh, it's traditional in Africa that a child has to have a name from their tribe. And as I had lived in the region where his father was from, I knew a bit of the tribal language. And um, Munana is the word for river. And I just really believe God said that my son would be a river of joy to the nation. Um, and so he does have at least uh, a bit of his own um, African you know, heritage into the name, mm. and um, I, he has. He's been everything but that uh, to to everybody. Just a river of joy to all of us that mm. can interact with him so far. That is amazing. And so it's Hans. Da- so you call him Hans David. I do. So yeah. he has a double first name and then a double middle name. Yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's awesome. So what was the what's his so what's his middle name then? Munana Joy. Okay. So he's, which just stands for, if you just translate it in English, river of joy. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I just find it absolutely amazing that you're willing to and wanting to incorporate his heritage and his name, uh, despite, you know, the, the, the experience he went through and, and obviously how he came to be. I think that's amazing. And it's just a true testimony to your forgiveness. And we're going to get into that. Um, uh, but I want to first ask you, how have you adjusted to, uh, to being a single mom? I know you had trepidation about that. So how has that been? Yeah, there, you know, it's funny, Matt, there are still times that I make comments uh, to friends saying, if I'm ever a mother, dot, 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 and then I just have to laugh and remember, oh, I am. (laughs) It didn't come under the terms that I expected, but I am, and I always and forever will be. And, um, you know, he is mine, but ultimately, Matt, he belongs to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I always want to paint that picture for him like my parents did for me and hoping that I, too, am packing his life suitcase for purposes and destinations um, that only the Lord can choose for him, um, just as my parents, again, did for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. That is awesome. Well, it's, that's a true um, testimony for people out there um, and, and just the perspective of, of looking at uh, motherhood. So that's awesome. Well, have you been, I'm sure this is probably going to be a question on a lot of people's minds as they hear your story. Uh, have you been able to settle in your heart and your mind how and what you'll share in general with people moving forward? And of course, with Hans David. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me, being open and transparent with where I've come from, um, meaning just the rape itself or just the sinful choices I made after, I mean, it, you know, 
where I've come from, but where I'm going, and also where I believe God is taking me. That's that's my desire. You know, mm-hmm. I just want people to to be able to hear it as a whole package, and not just hear the rape and <gasps> give me pity, or hear the fact that I kept him and then I'm a hero. Or mm-hmm. you know, I I want them to see the Lord through it. But when it comes to sharing with my son, you know, I don't know the day or the hour that that conversation will take place, and I don't know all the questions that he may have, or even how many times he may keep asking. Mm. But I desire to always remind him that we are no different than his biological father. Um, we too are sinners, and we choose wrong and hurt others daily. Um, I want him to know that we're only saved by God's sacrifice and grace and mercy of forgiveness. And, you know, mm. if, he's, if he's little enough, I want to remind him that we too make Jesus sad. And we... You know, when we don't do the right thing, which is why we need to extend forgiveness to others who may have hurt us, but also seek God's forgiveness when we have hurt him and others. Mm. Um, we pray for his biological father all the time, even though my son is too young at this age to realize that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we pray for God's best in his papa's life. And I always want my son to have high hope and good thoughts when dreaming of what his biological father, Papa, has become through God's intervention and redemption in his life. And I believe just that, Matt. I just believe that our prayers are being heard, and I truly believe our prayers are changing the life of this man, even though we don't have correspondence and we'll never see or hear from him again. Powerful. Powerful. Unbelievable. Mm. Uh, what about, so, so talk to me about forgiveness then. I mean, what, what about that? I mean, how have you been able to forgive the, the, the father and how did that take place and when did that take place? Hmm. Well, I have forgiven him and I, I guess I just came to the realization pretty quick after discovering that I was pregnant that if I held on to the past um, with anger and hurt, I would never be able to truly become the mother that my son deserves. Um, I think that forgiveness is such a wedge that separates us from others. Mm. And I knew that my lack of forgiveness would, would have even indirectly impacted my son. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, I've always seen unforgiveness keep us in a state of a, a hard heart, this, you know, kind of clenched sub- subtly or even a locked jaw. And I think it disturbs us personally more when we don't forgive, then rather the person that we're refusing to forgive. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I just believe that the more I pray for God to help me forgive his biological father, the, the greater I would feel God's mercy and grace being extended to me each and every day. Mm. And it truly has just been that. God has, has answered these prayers. Mm. So I think a lot of people might wonder, you know, how long did that process take? I mean, I can imagine it would just take a long time to, to be able to forgive something like this or forgive the person. So how, how long did it take you to get to a point where you could say that you had honestly forgiven him? I would say by the next trimester, I had fully grasped that I'd forgiven him. I just, you know, again, my choices after this race were pretty pathetic and I've never been taught that sin is gauged differently in the Lord's eyes. Sin is sin. You know, we like to think that murder and rape might be bigger and hold more points against the Lord. And, you know, a prideful thought is less. But at the end of the day, it's all the same to the Lord. So 
I just really knew I had to come to grips quickly, and, mm-hmm. and I did through the Lord's grace um, to just say that I knew if his biological father walked in the room and if I could still recognize him, I think initially my heart would sink and drop. Um, I'd become a little nervous. Yeah. But I truly, truly believe, Matt, that within 10 minutes of him being in the room, I could embrace him with a genuine hug and say, I forgive you and I pray for you more than you may never know. And I hope God does amazing things through your life and through your future. And so it's, I think the more I talk about it and the more I share that with others and the more I truly believe it, yeah, it just continues to go deeper. And my desire for this, this individual to just live more for the Lord every day is, is what I yearn for. That's why I serve and that's why I do what I do for the Lord, mm. for the unreached to know him. Mm. Truly, truly amazing. How has this experience changed your understanding of forgiveness? I truly believe that forgiveness frees the soul. And forgiveness is allowing yourself um, to reach the core of who you are for a cold bucket of water, I guess, and pour that out as mercy over the flames that once ignited your soul. Mm. And it's only something I think we can do with the power of the Holy Spirit. And just as we see that God extends the same to us each and every day. Mm. Um, being a parent, it helps me to see that a little bit more that I'm going to have to forgive this little guy as he grows older and starts doing deliberate things that are wrong. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, Mm. I just, I've had to put it into practice, even though it's easier said than done sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, have you thought about how your testimony of forgiveness can be used as a bridge to, to the gospel with Muslims? I mean, can you, can you talk to us about this? I and mean, how, how will it impact your, your outreach to Muslims? Yeah, I hope that they'll see my choice of forgiveness through devastation um, or devastating circumstance, I guess, and ask how, just as you've done. I hope that that will allow me to show them in the Bible how Jesus has forgiven them. And I believe and pray that it can be a turning point where some of them may just continue to ponder on mercy and forgiveness itself. Mm, That's awesome. You know, that's, that's really good because, you know, we talk about in Crescent Project that we try to help Christians understand how to build a bridge uh, to the gospel and how to, how to take something, you know, take a a concept in in Islam that that might be similar to to Christianity, not the same, but something might be similar and to try to build a bridge, you know, the gospel. But in this case, you know, I don't think uh, that Muslims have have an understanding about forgiveness and reconciliation, and certainly not to this degree. And so I think it probably has a, um, a bit of a shock factor or, or you know, and, and a, or maybe more of a value that, that could be, uh, you know, redeemable in, that, in those situations where people could say, wow, I've never heard of, you know, a forgiveness like this. And so my guess is that it could be really a powerful bridge. So what what a... What an asset that it could actually turn out to be, you know, as you uh, as you share with Muslims. So that that's that's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. And I pray that very thing. Yep, is exactly what God does through this. Mm, that's just that's awesome. Well, one of the things that I find striking, and I alluded to this earlier, is just your openness and total candidness to share about what happened. I mean, I just. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people wonder about that. I mean, how, how can you, how can this be? How can you be so open about, you know, about sharing? Well, Matt, it's just, it is an honor um, to always let God's glory, um, his mercy and his forgiveness to be heard, despite what men view as evil. Um, and I think the more I discuss it and share it, 
truly the more free I become mm. because it's not just something that's in my mind. It's something that I'm now standing firm on and living in and through and believing in my heart. And it goes with, with anything in life. I just, forgiveness is truly a choice. And um, I think the more we continue to choose that choice, it just, it frees us. And God has allowed that whole process to just take me into a deeper, more open attitude about this whole circumstance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, it's a, it's a powerful testimony of, of gospel, of the gospel truth, you know, and in the heart of it is, is forgiveness, you know, that, that we've been forgiven. And obviously Thank the tremendous you. cost and the price that was paid for us to be reconciled with God and to be, to be at one with him. And so, yeah, again, I mean, what an amazing testimony for people who don't know Christ and who don't know that, who don't know the gospel, you know, what a, what a beautiful gift uh, that it can turn out to be. So that's just, that's awesome. Well, I understand that uh, you've started to speak uh, to groups and to uh, to folks uh, about your story and to share your story in public as well. And I find this amazing. Um, when you do this, what is your message? You know, what what do you what do you want people to to walk away with? You know, when you share your story like that in public. I think first of all, a lot of the well, I should back up and say a lot of the events that we've done so far are you know pro life events per se. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Usually, people in those circumstances are Christian or believe in God and believe in giving somebody life. But I want, first of all, um, people to think that it's... I just want them to remind themselves that bad things do happen, obviously, to good people. Sorry, to good people. But it's also not God's will, and it's not His desire. I think a lot of times that can be a confusing fact in some people's mindset. Um, so I hope that they can hear that this isn't God's plan for us. Mm-hmm. But second, I want to remind them that confusion and fear and anger, they're not from God either. Um, but if we dig deep into Him and really cling into His Holy Spirit that's within us, He's the one that provides that peace and assuredness and even joy for the future when at one point you just had anything maybe but that. Mm-hmm. Um he is our guide, and quite frequently I find myself singing to Hans David that um, at bedtime, the, the old common hymn, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's <laughs> so true that because Christ lives, we can face tomorrow. And so who are we to hold lack of forgiveness to somebody? Um, it is a choice, and it's not an easy choice at times. But the more that we decide to act on that, which I've said, um, the more freedom we'll feel in our souls. And we can choose, which I love, to leave the chains behind that once bound us mm. um, in lack of forgiveness. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. Now, I have to ask, too, also, I mean, I can imagine you, you've had a number of different responses out there from people about this when you talk. I mean, have you? can you, can you share maybe even one or an example of that, of, of getting some kind of a... A, a, a critical remark or, or a pushback or, or something like that when you share this? Because it's got to be a pretty, uh, it's a striking story, but and I, and I know it, it probably strikes people in, in a lot of different ways. So do you, do you have an example of something that maybe might be uh, you, you're okay with sharing? or? Yeah, I think um, it is neat because a lot of these events, people can come up and, and talk to me directly after. Um, and I have had typically very positive responses um, 
I've never had anybody come up and say, wow, I was considering abortion today, you know, and now I'm, I'm turning around and forgiving this person. But I have had people come through the line and, and say, you know, um, I needed to hear that. You know, your story has helped me realize just the depth of my own sin and lack of forgiveness and, and the grudge that I've held against somebody that was much less of a degree in my mind mm-hmm. or in their mind, I should say, yeah. than what had happened to me. And it just seems to help people to go deeper, um, you know, with, with just the realization that we're all in the same boat. We all make the Lord unhappy mm-hmm. and we all need to uh to forgive and and seek the lord's forgiveness through those times Mm, that's great that's great well you recently attended crescent project sahara challenge our our week-long intensive training uh for those who want to reach muslims and um, especially for folks who are missionaries and one of the things i want the audience to hear and to realize is something that struck me when i began learning of your story and that is your your undeterred drive to reach Muslims. I mean, your burden to reach the lost. And despite what has happened and despite the increased challenge, you know, of being a single mom. And, and I don't want our listeners to miss this, uh, this aspect of how you continue on. How can you have such a resilient drive? I mean, I think many people like uh, likely have a hard time understanding this. Can you can you share about that? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll do my best at explaining. I think the zeal and the purpose that I have in life is simply all because of Jesus. Um, yet there's so many bound for hell without Him mm-hmm. and without the knowledge of His truth and His gift of salvation. Um, ultimately, I just want others to share in the power of His love as my Father mm. um, throughout trials simply because Jesus is mine and I am his. Mm. I think um, it's just a chance for God's glory to shine, and I want people to, to see that in word and in deed. Sure, sure. That's awesome. Well, can you share with us you know, your hope and your plans for the future? Yeah, I think um, it's still my hope to return to Africa, Somalia specifically. Um, the reason for that is uh, female genital mutilation is really still killing girls, as mm. 98% of the nation still has um, following this practice from generation to generation. And so that's the highest in the world, and therefore um, nurse midwives are, are needed um, to help bring and welcome life into the world. But also... Africa is the continent that my son owes half of his biological heritage to. Mm. And so together, I want us to reach the unreached um, through the words and truth um, that Jesus shared with us in the Bible. And I want also to be able to help reach them medically um, with as much as I have uh, to give them. And I desire to work predominantly, uh, as we've said, uh, among the Muslim people groups but have no prejudice against them or the differences in our lives. I mean, obviously, we do have a lot of differences in a day-to-day and hour-to-hour basis even. Mm-hmm. But I want to hold on to the hope that in the end, um, we may really have more in common as they may or may not accept, um, but hopefully they will accept the assurance of heaven that Jesus offers each one of us. Mm. That's incredible. That's just tremendous 
And it's so encouraging to hear that. And I know our listeners are going to be very encouraged by that. It's just, um, and it's an amazing picture. I mean, I can just, I'm, as you're talking about this, I'm sitting here picturing you, you and your son and, and you're ministering in, in Africa and some of the darkest, toughest places, especially Somalia. You know, you mentioned Somalia. Uh, and it's shocking to hear that those statistics about, you know, FGM, uh, the female genital mutilation. It's just an awful, awful thing. Um, well, you're, you're, you're courageous and it's an amazing testimony. And I just, um, I want to wrap up the show here just by asking, you know, how can we pray for you and, uh, and, and just close in a prayer. Yeah, I definitely wisdom, wisdom as a mother. I mean, uh, having a baby, things are a little easier than when they start getting deterring from, from the simple ways of life. Um, mm-hmm. and just patience. As I'm not an African now, I wish I were, um, I would be, if uh, there weren't some legalities behind having a baby in some of these unreached uh, nations. So mm-hmm. just wisdom and patience as I continue to forge ahead and also just perseverance to reach the lost here. I've always said that um, our mission field is outside of our bedroom window, no matter where we are. And so there's just as many unreached uh, people groups here that I want to I wanna find and, and plug into. Mm. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely pray that way. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to talk with Keisha and to hear her amazing story and the amazing way that you have um, just brought forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation in her heart uh, and just the blessing you've given her and the, and the vision and the drive you've given her to reach out to, to Muslims and to reach out to those who don't know you. And we just thank you for that testimony. We pray, God, that you would use her story and her testimony in an amazing way to grow your kingdom, God. And we just pray your blessing on Hans David. We pray that he would grow up to become a, a, a strong, godly man and that he would fulfill your purpose for his life. And I pray that Akisha would have great wisdom, great patience and perseverance in her calling and that you'd always be with her and walk with her and give her the assurance that you're there with her, uh, providing that wisdom and that patience and that perseverance. So, God, we just uh, thank you uh, in advance for the way that you're going to use her and her story to grow your kingdom. And we, we pray in the mighty, glorious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And once again, this is The Crescent Project, bringing you powerful teaching, testimony, and truth about God's miraculous movement in the Muslim world and how we as Christians can join him in this kingdom work. I'm Matt Bonner, and I serve as the Communications Director for Crescent Project and National Christian Ministry focused on equipping the church to share the gospel with Muslims. We believe we have a hope worth sharing. You can find us online at crescentproject.org. Send us your feedback or questions to be answered on the program via email to radio at crescentproject.org. We hope you join us again next time on The Crescent Project.